0: Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex from BTN. We're back in the Take 10 Podcast after a little bit of a delay. Um, We had a guest lined up for last week, but the interview had to be pushed to this week. And it was well worth the wait. His name is Shane Sparks. And if you follow Big Ten Network Wrestling at all, you likely know of him and know his work. And uh, Shane and I were going to do an interview, potentially this past weekend, uh, covering... The Super Saturday event in New York City together. Ran out of time to do that this past weekend. So, short story short, we moved the interview to the next week and it was an awesome interview. And we'll get to that momentarily here. So, Shane talks about his uh, really interesting rise in sports media to a really interesting uh, niche position covering major college wrestling um, and, and how. His rise, kind of not paralleled, but but um, risen along with the network's coverage here of wrestling at BTN and how you know kind of his career is is taken off and and how it came from very humble beginnings. So great conversation with Shane Sparks coming up, and after that we do have a discussion from last week that we had recorded with our researcher Harold Shelton. If you've not listened to the show before, Harold comes on a weekly basis to discuss things going on behind the numbers, in depth, in either Big Ten basketball or football, depending on what season it is. And with it being Big Ten basketball season, um, I I did cut out a little bit of our conversation from last week because things changed so much in the Big Ten on a week-to-week basis, but I did want to at least salvage some of the discussion we had. Because uh, we touched on a couple of really interesting topics last week that definitely have some shelf life to carry over into this week's episode. So the conversation with Harold's chopped up a little bit, but uh, definitely took the two most important parts of our discussion last week and added it to the end of this episode following our discussion with Shane Sparks. Um, Harold and I talked about the departure of Kobe King from Wisconsin basketball and what the suspension of Brad Davidson from last week the one game suspension means you know going forward as far as a standard goes it's been set in the big 10 by the commissioner's office and then after that we also reflected on the life and passing of Kobe Bryant and how it was affecting us in the moment and you know I probably speak for a lot of sports fans still even a couple weeks later now uh resonating to uh to this day even as we get you know, into February and uh, get farther away from that tragedy that happened at the end of January. So really a compelling discussion with Shane, some compelling stuff with Harold after that, and we'll get to Shane Sparks first. It's BTN Take 10 podcast discussion with our BTN wrestling analyst, Shane Sparks, and it starts right now. I'm very pleased to be joined by BTN wrestling analyst Shane Sparks. You know, it's kinda early still for me. Shane, you know, not not too bad. Ten thirty in the morning, but you always have energy at all times of the day. So how you doing this morning? Doing fantastic guy. Uh, good to be on. For sure, for sure. And first, uh off the top I want to get this out of the way because Shane Sparks, as I to you, is an awesome name. Fits your personality very well, but if I'm uh, not mistaken. It's not the name on your birth certificate, right? Like, how did how did this uh, Shane Sparks name come about?
1: Yeah, so uh, it is not. Yeah, my my real last name is Shane Nable, like table. It's actually N E B L. A uh, long story short, this was back in about two thousand two. I uh, got a job at a sports radio station in Appleton, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, just down the road from Green Bay. Did a lot of stuff with the Packers and earlier. I had done stuff with, I think my first job was just doing, like, Bucks games and Brewer games, but uh, had gone by the same name at at that point, doing sports reports, things like that. But in 2002, getting that job in Appleton, they put me on the air, and a guy that had been there for, you know, 20, 25 years, he was a a sports legend on the radio side in the Valley named Jim Caston. I walked in, and they put me on the air, and Jim's like, yeah, we got this guy that just started for us, blah, 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 blah. And he goes you know, what's your name? And I go, Shane. He goes, what's your last name? I said, Nable. He goes, nope, you're Shane Sparks. And that was the end of it. I mean, that was it. And then uh, after I'd left the radio station like five years later, did a lot of stuff with wrestling, I started my own website at that time and had begun to, you know, carve a little bit of a niche in, in the wrestling market. I just, I didn't want to change my name because I thought people would be like, who's this guy? We don't know this guy, but you know, Shane Sparks it. had i have been using it for a number of years, so just stuck with it, and the rest is history. But that's the story. It was a, literally a three-second interaction. It was like, no, you're Shane Sparks, and I just,
0: that was the end of it. It reminds me of, like, the uh, Spider-Man movies where, in the newsroom, kind of the editor just, like, makes stuff up on the fly, and then it sticks.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's stuck. It's stuck, and I, I think it's got a good little ring to it. I, I prefer it over uh, my real last name, so, yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to use that sort of origin story to kind of tell you know how you came to be a broadcaster. You touched on it a little bit, but coming up in um, in Wisconsin, were you always a wrestler? I know you mentioned some other sports, and and it's kind of full circle because we were just at uh, the world's most famous arena, at Madison Square Garden, just last weekend. So now you you literally got to the biggest stage after starting out kind of at a small station. So if you go back to the beginning, how did, how did your passion for wrestling come about?
1: Man, I you know, my, my parents, my, my dad never wrestled. I just remember there was a, my dad was friends with a guy, and this is going back, I was, you know, six, seven years old, but my dad was friends with a guy that was a farmer in my hometown of, of Ripon, Wisconsin, and that farmer had a son that wrestled heavyweight at the local high school, and I just remember my dad, you know, taking us to some of these wrestling matches. Next thing you know, I'm at a wrestling tournament. I was seven years old. I was in first grade. And I remember uh, not knowing. I can, I can still remember this pretty vividly. I had no idea. I'd never been to a wrestling practice. You know, I'd been to some of these matches, but, you know, paid attention, but didn't know anything, you know, really about the sport, other than just watching a little bit. But I remember we went to Fond du Lac Goodrich High School, and I show up at this Wrestling tournament, and I I really don't know what I'm doing there. And I can remember when I when I I, was my turn to wrestle, the referee told me to put my foot on the line. I didn't even know how to put my foot in the line. Didn't even know where to start. So it was my first match of my life, and I come to find out you're you know down the road a little bit. Kid, I was wrestling. His name was Seth Pelot, and he was a multiple time kids state champion. So he, I think it took him ten seconds, took me down, pinned me in about ten seconds. And that was the end of that one. And then I had, a, I had a chance the next couple hours to, you know, watch some other wrestling and learn. And I uh, was able to win that match. I remember taking third place. And it just did that day. That day honestly changed my life. Little did I know that uh, wrestling would be such a big part of my life. And just did it through high school. Uh, so I wrestled 12 years. Was, uh, high school, I, I, I was a decent high school wrestler. Nothing great. I took uh, into private schools. I took third as a junior and second as a senior. And, uh... Just had a great experience with it, and uh, just a great sport. Owe, owe a lot to
0: it. Yeah, and, you know, when I talk to people who are in media, especially on this show, and get into their backgrounds, it's not always a uh, a linear path to, the, to their current position. You know, some people, like our Mike Hall here at BTN, get literally the dream job right away at ESPN. Others have different journeys that they take to their current positions. So doing some background research on you I know you bounced around a little bit didn't even start necessarily in sports media so can you kind of take us through your journey and how you know you eventually ended up behind the mic
1: man you got you got 10 hours <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got as much time as so needed to, is, it's a podcast <laughs>
1: i'm telling you this is this story is 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 pretty crazy uh you're right everybody's got a different path so try to make this as quick as I can. I wanted, I always wanted to be in broadcasting since I was a little kid I was probably 10 years old and I I used to do baseball and baseball is my real, I mean, I love wrestling. I really love baseball. I mean, those two sports are so different. Uh, So I just, I love, I've always said baseball is the greatest sport or I'm sorry, wrestling is the greatest sport. Baseball is the greatest game. That's always been my, my outlook on it. But uh, coming out of high school, it was my dream. I wanted to wrestle. I was going to walk on at Arizona State, like 1994. And I got my girlfriend pregnant. And I got a, a great son out of the deal. Austin's almost 24 years old. But that, that literally, you know, I had to be a dad. You know, so that, that changed everything. I was uh, an assistant manager at Walgreens Drugstore. I, was, I drove a forklift for a while at a, at, a, at a place. I worked in a powder metal factory. Like, I had some, you know, pretty humbling jobs, you know, but I had to, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then when Austin was, and I've always been, you know, very involved with him, so when he was going into kindergarten, I wanted to do this broadcast deal, so I went to a, like this place in Arizona, I don't even know if it's around anymore, but it was just this little, like, hole in the wall. I mean, it didn't, But I, but I, for some reason, I just, I felt like if I could get, you know, go to this place, I just thought I can get some contacts and we'll see what happens. But I, I went to it. It was like four months long. And when I was there, I just met some, I, I, I got some good connections. Got some good connections there. And, and uh, you know, from there, I started at a radio station in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was probably 25, 26 years old. And I sold cars for six months before I went to radio school. And I was the number one guy for six months. So I made some. You know, made some pretty good money. I mean, I had a, you know, had a house, drove a nice car. I mean, it looked, but I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't, didn't have a passion for what I was doing. So I ended up taking this job in Milwaukee. I was making $6 an hour. And like I said, I was like 25 or 26. So I was like 6 I was making 6 bucks an hour, sold the house, sold the car, drove this $500 beater. I mean, just, just really, it was just what I had to do. I remember donating plasma twice a week so I could pay for the gas. I literally slept in the car a couple of days a week. I mean, it was the exactly what I did. So after, you know, after that, I got a job, that job I, I just mentioned in Appleton. Then I started a business running a wrestling website for five or six years. And uh, then just kept getting opportunities uh, in the wrestling community and different broadcasts. And Big Ten Network was always, was always my, my number one goal for sure. So, the fact that it's happened, it's uh, just extremely grateful, for sure.
0: Yeah, and the Big Ten Network has become a really uh, good home for, for wrestling, even more so this year than any other. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But how did it become a home for you? Um, when and how did you hear about an opportunity here? Were you reached out to? How did uh, the network kind of get on your radar and vice versa? So
1: here's how this happens. This was 2011 I believe it was 2011 in Philadelphia NCAA Championships. At that time, there was something called Live Sports Radio. There were these little headsets that you would purchase at that event. And uh, if you were a fan, you would listen to this radio, and you could go to any mat you wanted to of the eight mats. And you could listen to a commentator on that particular mat. So it was a really, really cool opportunity. And Big Ten Network was always... I mean it, it, it's always been my dream. That was my dream job. It's the best conference in, in college wrestling. I uh, grew up with it, you know, watching wrestling on it, you know, since the network launched, I should say. So that was the goal. I walk into this hotel in Philadelphia and I see Jim Gibbons in the lobby. Jim's like Jim's like in the bar area. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty high strung, pretty intense, and I can remember telling myself, here's the deal, Shane. You got to meet Jim. You got to introduce yourself to Jim and keep it calm like bring yourself down a little bit stay calm don't don't be overly excited even though I'm like oh my god there's Jim Gibbons I gotta talk to this guy so I remember going down and talking to Jim and Jim and I were talking at a real good conversation and while you can't make this stuff up while Jim and I were talking a few guys came over and started talking to Jim and when they were talking to Jim Quentin Wright wrestled for Penn State and won a national title. So he, he, he walked over, and Quentin Wright and I are, are having a, a side conversation. Jim then says, he goes, Shane, come over here. Jim goes, so these guys are telling Jim, they're like, hey, we heard this guy in a mat. You've got to listen to him. You've got to find this guy. And Jim goes, well, this guy did it. Shane, come over here. And they said, start talking. So I'm like, what do you want me to say? They're like, this is him. This is the guy. Blah, 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 said, said some really nice things about me. Next thing I know, Jim and I went to a place, I think it was called Pinky's Diner in Philadelphia. We were there for, you know, two or three hours sitting at a table, got something to eat. And uh, at that time, Doug Brooker uh, did stuff for Big Ten Network, and Jim reached out to Doug. And that next year I was I was doing reporting on BTN. So that that story was definitely... The biggest break I got, and uh, God definitely played a hand in that one because that was, I mean, that was, the, the timing of that was incredible. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, so much in sports is, is networking and timing, right, especially in this business.
1: Exactly. It was all networking and, t- and timing for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, that was eight, nine years ago, and then now here in 2020, Big Ten Network is as committed to wrestling as it's ever been. Um, you know, You've been here for a while, but just this past weekend on Friday, we announced our most viewed wrestling telecast in, in BTN history. Then we turned around the next day, Shane, and, and went to and covered a, a, a wrestling uh, meet in New York City at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, to, to kind of pair those events together and, and just view that in the lens of BTN's commitment to wrestling, how far do you think, you know, the network has come and kind of just college sports in general shining a spotlight on wrestling. How far has it uh, come in in your career? It's unbelievable. I mean,
1: what's happened in the last, you know, five to seven years with wrestling uh, on the national side and telecast is phenomenal. Uh, And when you look at BTN, we increased our schedule by 40%. You mentioned that match on on Friday, you know, blew the previous record of Ohio State, Penn State from a couple of years ago. I I think I read that uh, Big Ten ratings are up. Sixty-five to seventy percent uh, compared to last year. So, I mean, that's that's unbelievable, really. And, and then you look at uh, the the efforts they make on the social side. You know, Rick Pizzo doing the highlights on the big show of college wrestling. I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool for us. You know, being wrestling fans, you do a broadcast, and after that, you go someplace get a bite to eat. You look up, and there's Rick doing college wrestling highlights. It's like wow. So, you know, I really applaud the network. Uh, they they clearly. I Have a vision. They they clearly had, uh, you know, uh, just a vision on, on what this could be, and I'm I'm pretty excited that the sport has not disappointed, and I can't say that I'm surprised. It's it's such a loyal fan base. It's it's such a loyal fan base, and the reality is, uh, they they you know it hasn't been overly, you know overly you know the coverage hasn't been just a ton of it. You know it's 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 been okay, but what Big Ten has done this season. It's it's incredible, and it's it's just a lot of fun to be a part of.
0: Definitely, definitely. And throughout your years of covering wrestling, whether you know you were <clears throat> driving the the beater around in Wisconsin or on the bigger stages throughout the years, where are some of the cooler places that this job has taken you? Um, you know, whether you know, like we just mentioned, the world's most famous arena this past weekend, or Carver Hawkeye Arena, or any of these kind of iconic places. What, what are some of your favorite spots?
1: Oh uh, man, I've, I've just been so fortunate uh, to steal a line from Tim Johnson, who also does play-by-play for on the network. And you won't meet a better guy than him. He's just—he's taught me so much. He's a pro's pro, but he's got a great line. He says his favorite arena is one that is packed or sold out. And uh, you know, for me, I grew up in the early '90s, uh, so that was—you know—you had those those great Hawkeye teams. Chad Zapital, wrestled at Iowa. He's my favorite all-time college wrestler. Tom and Terry Brands were on those teams. They were great teams uh, under Dan Gable. So in high school, you know, paid attention to Iowa wrestling. Knew about Carver Hawkeye. That that place is pretty special. Going, I mean, you go to Carver Hawkeye, the passion that those people have, the knowledge that fan base has. You get fifteen, you know, fifteen thousand people. That is that is pretty cool. Rec Hall's phenomenal at Penn State. Uh, Ohio State's done a great job with the new Cavelli Center. Uh, it's the first year there. This year they've done awesome, awesome there. Uh, the Schottenstein Center when they wrestle, you know, wrestle uh, Penn State, they packed that place. Those, those places come to mind. Uh, I like Minneapolis, too. The Big Tens last year in Minneapolis were, were fantastic. I mean, in uh, Williams Arena, that place was packed. You know, opening session it was packed. I think Wisconsin's going to become a a really cool place. Chris Bono's got a good energy going there. And then look at the different NCAA championships. I've been going to that. I think you know, doing some broadcast work the last eight nine years. A lot of fun. And then on the world stage, did the uh, was at the world championships in Paris in 2017, the Olympics in Rio in 2016, uh, doing some uh, doing some different work. So this sport, like I said before, this sport is it's. I just can't believe how fortunate I am to get to do this and what it's taken me all over the country and different parts, you know, a couple of times, you know, a couple trips around, you know, around the world. So I can't complain. It's been a phenomenal run and I hope it lasts a long time.
0: Yeah. One thing that was apparent um, while working with you is, you know, how seriously you take your, uh, your, I guess you could, if you call it another sport game day ritual or match day ritual, you were very locked in. You know, you've got your—I don't know if it's superstitions, but your habits for sure. Um, You—I you know, think you mentioned—you know—you might not eat anything before calling it. So, what's some of those superstitions or or, or uh, match day habits that you've kind of picked up or, or committed to throughout your career?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a focus. I mean, it's it's, and I'm, you know, probably probably got adult ADD or whatever they call it. But uh, you know, so to, so to get focus, it's important for me. I just, yeah, I just don't eat. Just, I just don't, you know, if I do eat, it's just very little. I, I don't know why. I'm just not that hungry. Kind of remind, the, the coolest part about this job, for sure for me, is I would always, again, wanted to wrestle in college. That was my goal since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, made some decisions where, where that didn't happen. So this is, this is the closest thing I'm going to get to. And, and I can tell you, I love it. When we're about ready to go on air or even that day, I mean, I wake up in the morning, yeah, I'll get up early. Like, tomorrow morning, we got we got Penn State in Wisconsin tomorrow. I'll probably get up about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Usually don't need an alarm. I do the same thing every time. I wake up, and I just say out loud, it's like, it's match day. It's match day. Like, get fired up. It's match day today. And it makes me feel like it, it takes me back to when I was in high school competing. It's just a great feeling. You better be ready. You got to be prepared. You know, so I just be prepared as is. You know, be very prepared. That's that's number one, and do the details. Put the time in, and then when you show up, again when that when that broadcast is a minute away, you hear, "Hey, we're going on in a minute." It just it, it, there's just no feeling like it. it. There's no feeling like it. I I can't get enough of it.
0: So for maybe people who are listening who aren't as uh, familiar with wrestling as you and and some of the diehard wrestling fans are, what's something? about the sport that, you know, the casual observer might not know that you want them to know. I, I would go back to this past weekend. We showed our, our basketball analyst, Andy Katz, a thing or two on the mat. Uh, you know, you had him, you had him on the, on the ground and, and we're grappling with him a little bit. So what's something about the sport that if you could communicate to the outside masses, uh, what would you say?
1: You know, that's, that's a really good question. I would probably answer that in a way that has nothing to do with the actual, you know, contact of the sport. Uh, I guess what I mean by that is, and this is all sports in general, but but wrestling is so unique from the standpoint that it is it's individual. I mean, it is you and somebody else. I mean, it's you, you know you look at these these college matches, you got fifteen thousand people. I mean, it reminds me of the, the gladiator days. I and mean, you got two guys out there that are extremely good. I mean, these are the top one percent of the top one percent in the Big Ten, and they're going out there putting it on the line, the courage it takes, and they both expect to win. I mean, when you've got two guys that expect to win, Terry Brands from Iowa said this once, you've got two guys that expect to win, that's when you got yourself a dogfight. That's what people want to see. And I just think the, the discipline the sport takes, the commitments, you know, sacrifice, things like that, to compete at that level, like you got to do everything right. And if you don't, if you don't do things right in this sport, you will be exposed in front of everybody. And that, to me, is just... I think this sport again, I didn't even wrestle in college, but I don't think it matters if you wrestle in middle school, high school, college. I think there's just a you know just some real core principles, regardless of the level that you wrestle that you can take away from the sport and you know use, use in other aspects of your life. so i I just think it's awesome and and now you look what's happening with with women's wrestling. you know it's it's one of the hottest things going right now at the high school level and uh, college level it's, it's hot and I, I think it's just great to see all the things wrestling can provide if, it, if it's that great as we all say it is why would you limit that to 50% of the population so I think that's something else I'm just really excited about I think it's going to take the sport uh, overall to another level.
0: Alright well said and uh, almost done but I got a question or two left for you. Uh, first off where are you this weekend and uh, what do we have to look forward to coming up soon here on BTN?
1: going to be a great weekend. I mean, every weekend in the Big Ten is big. I mean, it's it's the, the, the best conference in the country. Uh, I know last week, I haven't checked the, the updated rankings, but, you know, top five teams, seven of the top eight. You look at the different weight classes, you got ten individual weight classes, seven or eight. The top guy's going to be in the Big Ten. A lot of, a lot of depth. So, uh, we have uh, Penn State at Wisconsin. You know, Penn State coming off a, a loss at Iowa last week, but it I mean, they're phenomenal. I mean, they've won seven of the last eight national titles. Another great team under Kale Sanderson, and at Wisconsin with Chris Bono, he's just really ignited that program. You know, brought a real energy, and they've gotten. You know, they're they're really good, and, and he's gotten them good fast. I mean, it's just his second year. I mean, the job he's done this quick is remarkable. That's going to be a, that'll be a great match. Badger fans will be excited. I'd, I'd expect a really good crowd there. So that's that's Friday night. And then Sunday afternoon, Penn State travels to Minneapolis to uh, to wrestle the Gophers. So that'll be another, you know, both these are top top ten matchups. So just another weekend in the Big Ten. It's it's going to be great. And uh, before you know it, Big Ten championships will be here. Those are at Rutgers and the Rack. It's already sold out. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, looking forward to going
0: there. Yeah, big year for the Rack. They're selling out all their basketball games. And they're selling out wrestling. That arena's on the uh, the up and up, so <laughs> that
1: place is fun. I mean, you, you talked about before, like you know, fun places to be. I was at the rack three, four years ago already. It was a duel against the Hawkeyes, and it was I got a taste of it, and I can I can imagine they'll have that ramped up here in a few weeks. It'll
0: be fun. Yeah, they call it uh, the Trapezoid of Terror. So looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, la- last question, Shane. What do you do when it's not wrestling season? What are your What are your outside hobbies? Uh, I know some people that are consumed by their uh, their passion or their sport like this, some have you know escapes and some still are are completely all in even in the off season. So what, what uh, category do you fall into?
1: Yeah, off, off season I definitely pay attention to it. I mean, especially in the Big Ten, uh, pay attention to you know the recruiting side of things, stay in contact. These coaches are great too. I mean, Big Ten wrestling coaches, they're awesome guys. I mean, I couldn't say a bad word about any one of them. They're always so. You know, helpful. I mean, they're, they're great. So I, I stay in touch with these guys in the offseason and check in, see what's going on with their programs. Uh, in wrestling, you have the Greco Freestyle. You know, that's the Olympic style of wrestling. So that really kicks off uh, really in the spring. Uh, Olympic trials are at Bryce Jordan Center at, uh, at Penn State, uh, first weekend in April. So I'll be there. And that'll, you know, we'll ride that wave through, you know, through Tokyo. And then, uh, you know, just different hobbies. I love cycling, road biking. Try to, uh, you know, try to get on the road bike five, six days a week in the summertime. You know, pretty pretty diligent on that. I love it. I, I love doing that. And then, you know, being a dad, love doing that. That keeps me busy. Have uh, three, you know, I got my oldest son who's in the Air Force. He's almost 24. And then I got uh, three others that are 16, 14, and my youngest one will be nine next week. So that keeps me busy, of course. The two daughters play softball, so, you know, running around. You know, doing something with them all the time, and then, well, like I said before, big baseball fan, been a uh, Atlanta Braves fan my whole life. So hopefully they can get it done this year. We'll see. But uh, that's it. Full plate.
0: Are you going to Tokyo?
1: Not sure yet. Not sure. I, I, I'd like to go. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there might be an opportunity there, but I'm not. Nothing's been confirmed yet. So we'll see. But I'll, that'll be great. That'll be an awesome, awesome experience being at Rio in 2016 something
0: i'll never forget really cool all right well stay tuned we'll uh we'll definitely stay tuned to you on btn on social media shane sparks btn and uh appreciate your time coming on it's a lot of fun it's been fun getting to know you in the last week or so and uh glad we could take some more time today yeah thanks
1: so much for having me on i appreciate
0: it all right thanks once again to shane for joining me really nice dude really energetic passionate guy obviously a lot of fun getting to know him, like I said, in the past week or so. And I'm sure it won't be the last we hear from him on uh, on this podcast and on our digital and social media channels. We plan on using him a lot and in a greater capacity going forward. All right, I want to toss it over now to Harold Shelton for sticking around to hear the second part of this episode. I kind of touched on and framed what the discussion was and uh, will be like coming up here it's about 15 minutes and it's a chopped up couple of segments from when Harold and I recorded last week uh, on the Take 10 podcast we touched on some current Big Ten basketball like we do every week on the show but I actually cut that part out just because it's a little less relevant now uh, we can move from the interview but left the parts of our discussion that touched on Kobe King leaving Wisconsin and Kobe Bryant passing away suddenly at age 41 uh in that helicopter accident and just kind of reflecting as as general sports fans not kobe fans necessarily but just general observers and people who are very passionate about sports how we felt about the uh tragic incident and how kind of affected our view as sports fans so i wanted to leave those discussions in for sure because they're both important and relevant and remain relevant even a week or so removed from when the track was recorded so I will toss it over now to Harold Shelton. Once again, he's our BTN researcher and our interview with him starts right now. Alright, we are back in the lab. Alex Rue alongside Harold Shelton It is is the Stat head segment with our researcher, H, you're in on your day off, you must be dedicated to the pod, man. Oh yeah, you know, I've already missed
2: one because of vacation and stuff, I didn't want to miss two out of three, so uh, you know, I was in the area, I figured I'd pop in and let's talk some hoop.
0: I appreciate the uh, the hustle, the grind, let's get into it, Um, this won't come out until shortly after this upcoming weekend, so we won't talk too much uh, minutia as far as the upcoming weekend of, of hoops. Is concerned, but I do want to talk about some of the bigger storylines in the Big Ten, especially uh, with kind of the Black Wednesday that Wisconsin basketball had just yesterday as we sit here taping on Thursday. Uh, Big headline, obviously, is Kobe King deciding to step away from the team, transfer, um, most likely. I don't don't think he'll go pro yet, probably transfer. And um, also Brad Davison being um, handed down a one game suspension. The second such suspension in a week in the Big Ten, which is interesting with Alan Griffin being suspended. Last week. So let's start with Kobe King at the top and just touch on how his production or lack thereof uh, for the rest of the season will affect Wisconsin's outlook and, and potentially their path to the tournament.
2: Yeah, so it's definitely a loss for them for sure. Um, I know on the surface it looks, you know, kind of odd that a guy who was third on the team in minutes, a guy who was second on the team in scoring, second on the team in shots, would leave. Um, obviously, with it being you know, what five, six weeks left in the season, it seems like he maybe could have stayed. But we have no idea in terms of uh, the reason why he left. I thought it was interesting that he said um, as a player, this wasn't a good fit for me as a player and a person. And the fact that he missed a huge game at Iowa uh, before that makes me think that, you know, he's kind of been sitting on this for a little while. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a huge hit for them. Um, he was probably their best uh, scorer in terms of being able to get his own shot. Um, he was a guy who can, you know, kind of create on his own, uh, probably more so than any other any other player on the team. And now when you combine that with Brad Davidson being out there really, really thin on the wing, they were already thin, uh, period, but they're even more thin on the wing. And with Michigan State coming up, not exactly the best time to be be thin uh, with Davidson serving that one-game suspension. I still think that, you know, there'll be a tournament team, as, you know, people always try to say, well, how can they get in? You got to find 68 teams. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to find 68. They've, you know, they've got a pretty good resume still. They're still very good in the net. Uh, and I think they'll find a way to win enough games to get in.
0: Yeah, it's a tough situation because, you know, I see where – the sentiment would come from about king kind of leaving his teammates hanging right like those are the guys he grinded with he's been there three years it seemed like they did not see it coming from a program perspective and his, some of his teammates i know um have been quoted as saying you know it was a surprise but at the same time uh the way college basketball and college athletics are structured they do not make it convenient for a player to step away and then kind of do whatever they want so this had to be a decision that like you said wait on him likely for quite some time. And, you know, there will be consequences because he steps away. He's not going to be able to play for the rest of the year. Uh, we'll see how it works out as far as the eligibility going into the next season and beyond. But uh, obviously it's it's not a outcome that you would want on either side of the coin because, like I said, um, for the student-athlete, there is a you know a a dead period now, and then for the team, there's consequences as well.
2: Yeah, and again, I don't again I don't want to jump to conclusions. I have no idea why he's leaving. Um, I don't want to say hey, he shouldn't have left or he should have left because we we literally don't know his reason. You just said it's not a good fit for me as a player and as a person, and for a guy who's been in the program three years, like you said. I mean, I think you know, that statement definitely holds some weight. Um, we saw the. Uh, we saw. Uh, we saw. I don't know if other people saw the Twitter exchange between former Badger Zach Showalter and former Wisconsin commit Tyler Hero. Yeah, and you know Tyler Hero was a guy who committed to Wisconsin, decommitted, went to Kentucky, got drafted uh, in the lottery after a year, um, and he pretty much said, you know, if I was still at Wisconsin, I would still be playing college basketball, and it seemed like he kind of took took a little bit of a shot at the program and at the system. Um, I just wonder, you know, how does that impact them going forward?
0: Yeah, I think it's okay to have strong feelings on both sides of this issue. Um, you know, we saw former players like Brian Butch was another one who came down on the player side and and um, you know, we saw other people pushing back on the notion you know, like like for example, I'm very pro player but I also could see why um, you know, a play, a uh, fan or a former player that that went through it for all four years might have feelings the other way. So I have a hard time coming down too strong either either side of of this uh, of this issue. But um, you know, I wish the best. Exactly, I wish the best for for Kobe King. And um, you know, obviously, we want to still want to see Wisconsin do well. And and that system has has been proven over the last couple decades. But obviously, it's not for everybody.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, we've seen people transfer before, but you know, a lot of times it's for lack of playing time. Um, That was not the case here. But you know, we we've seen guys in this program. They're mostly been bigs, but you know, guys like Frank Kaminsky and. You know, Jerry Jared Berg and guys who had to sit for a couple of years or had a John tough Lewand. time. John a yeah. tough time learning the system. And then as, as a junior and senior, you know they completely get it and you know they become really good players. Uh, but again, the system isn't for everybody. And you know wherever Kobe King decides to go, good luck to him.
0: Real quick on the Davison suspension. It's interesting now that we've seen um, in the past two weeks discipline handed down from the conference, right and. I think both coaches were kind of quoted, uh, Illinois, Brad Underwood, and Greg Gard were quoted as uh, pushing back a little bit on the suspensions. And, you know, it's something we really haven't seen, at least I can't remember, since starting uh, my job here in the last few years. And it's interesting if this is kind of the new world we're living in with Commissioner Warren now in charge and kind of setting a standard. And um, basically, you know, a expectation that, you know, you better have it together out there or else they will make you miss time for it if you don't.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um- now, I was a little surprised that Griffin uh, got two games, and you know, I thought one uh, would have you know, kind of suffice. It's not like he's a guy that has, uh,
0: you know, a lot of these, you know, instances. He had towed the line a little bit, yeah. but he did not have a history as deep as Brad Davison, I'd argue. Yeah, exactly. He was definitely a guy who who would mix it
2: up, but usually didn't cross that line per se. We've seen, you know, Brad Davidson. He's he's been a very polarizing guy since he stepped on campus. Whether it was the the five charge game he drew against NC State, whether it was him stepping in uh, Jordan Murphy's landing space on a rebound, whether it was the Demarquette game a year ago where he you know got a technical foul for doing the same thing he did in Iowa City, so the fact that you know there's tape on this, you know, and he's a guy that he the way he plays at times draws you know more attention from fans and from the refs. And people are are noticing, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Commissioner Warren said, you know, a reason for the suspension for Davidson was because it's a, a repeat act, you know, uh, behavior that has happened before, and that was a big
0: reason why. For sure, did want to get your thoughts before we we step away uh, on Kobe Bryant and his passing. You know, it's it's pretty much impossible to have a basketball segment without bringing that up. It would be a disservice if we didn't, in my opinion. So. Um, you're a little older than me, but, uh, you know, we both saw Kobe play for the majority of his career. You saw him pretty much from the very beginning, I'd assume, uh, since he got drafted in 96. So just want to get your thoughts on, uh, obviously pretty much an unspeakable tragedy that, that happened just this past week and, uh, what Kobe Bryant meant to you as a, uh, as a basketball figure.
2: Yeah, it's, it's weird because, and I was having a conversation Uh, with a few of my buddies about this, some who are big Kobe fans and Laker fans and some who weren't. And, you know, for those who know me know that uh, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan as a player. I wasn't a big Laker fan, period. And I was completely gutted uh, when I heard that news. And I've just kind of been in the fog for the last few days ever since I heard. Um, I think part of it is that, you know, that was a guy I watched grow up, you know, 20 years I uh, saw his whole career, saw the, the beginning and the end. I uh, found myself, you know, rooting for him, you know, toward the very end, especially that 60-point game on the way out. It was very, very Kobe to take 50 shots and <laughs> score 60. And, right. You know, do the Mamba out. Like, I, I fully respected his, uh, his passion for the game, his work ethic, his commitment. The fact that he, and as Ramona Shelburne has said, you know, all week, he kind of made the, the world bend to his will the fact that, you know, because of his work ethic, he could say, I can take this shot over three people because i practiced it so much. I have full confidence that it's going in. Now, whether that's irrational or not, that was how he felt and that was how he played. And there just aren't many of those guys left. Um, so I think, you know, from a basketball standpoint, obviously that'll be missed. Obviously one of the greatest players of all time. Um, but I think it it really bothers me because, he had more to do, and you can kind of tell with his second act that he was really enjoying the post basketball transition. Uh, he really loved being a father. Uh, Gigi was gonna be the next one. He was gonna. She was gonna carry the legacy. Uh, the fact that you know he was such a champion for the women's game uh, was really, really. I was looking forward to seeing how that was going to evolve and how she would potentially be the one to take it into that next level. Uh, the fact that you know that he's gone and she's gone, you know, I I just feel terrible. I haven't been able to uh, you know, turn away from any of the Kobe coverage uh, all week, and so you know I feel awful for Vanessa. I feel awful for those girls. I feel awful for everybody. Uh, all the families that were impacted. Uh, With the helicopter crash is just a really 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 tough week
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, you mentioned kind of how you you weren't necessarily a big fan of kobe or the lakers Um, and i'm kind of in that same boat, uh, you know I I watched him play since I started watching basketball in the nba, you know, probably At this point 17 or 18 years ago is when I maybe started paying attention. Oh one oh two and I The sentiment that you shared there has kind of been echoed, uh, you know, whether it's sports radio airwaves or or my peers. Um, Just the fact that, you know, we weren't necessarily big Kobe Bryant fans, but it's been a very disturbing and and unsettling last few days. Um, I definitely share that sentiment Um, just because, you know, it is so sudden and he'd been so present. It's not like he faded away into oblivion after he retired. Um, Being on social media as often as we are we saw the memes of um, you know him and his daughter and and the uh, very front facing presence that he and Gigi had and you know just Saturday night I was up late saw his tweet to LeBron congratulating him on passing him the all time scoring list and to then you know refresh t- Twitter again twelve hours later and uh, he's dead it's it's a very disturbing unsettling thing and I don't think we've really as a society face this type of, um, you know, I guess grief, at least from sports fans uh, perspective, because nobody's really been taken from us like this. It's been so front facing. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a very tough and um, unsettling last few days. And like we said, it's not just, it's not just the people that we lost, but there's, you know, families of of nine people that um, are shook right now. And, and if we're feeling this way as fans, just kind of of basketball and in general fans of Kobe Bryant and observers, I can't imagine how, you know, real fans of Kobe feel like he meant a lot to LA, to Lakers fans. It's kind of a nationwide and international fan base. And, you know, he had international ties. He was an international figure. And, um, you know, if, if I'm feeling this way and if you're feeling this way, I can't imagine how those true fans of Kobe and um, the Lakers are feeling and, and, you know, much less the families of, of those affected. It's, it's just, um, it's, it's, It's awful, and it's going to, you know, kind of change, I think, how we view our stars now that, you know, we see how easily one can be ripped away like that. Yeah,
2: no, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, 41 years old, you know, it's a a guy who's still young, you know, a guy that a lot of people probably viewed as invincible because of the way that he carried himself Mm -hmm. and, you know, how confident he was and how passionate he was. And, you know, it kind of is a reminder that, you know, when it's your time, it's your time, and you don't know when your time is. And I think it was just kind of a, a really, really harsh reality and a stark reminder of that. Um, you know, it just is it's really tough. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, there's so many like positive Kobe stories that have come out, you know, ever since he passed. You know, whether it was from, you know, players, you know, that he mentored that. People didn't really know about or whether it was, you know, fans who would come out and say, you know, Kobe did this and Kobe did that. But he didn't want any of the media present. So I was wondering, you know, if part of that was on purpose so he can kind of keep that edge, you know, on the court and, you know, kind of be viewed as a bad you know what. But off the court, it sounded like he was complete opposite. And he was starting to show more of that. You know, in his retirement life, and it just sucks that we can't see the rest of it.
0: Yep. well said. Uh, we've had to talk about some difficult topics. Um, you know, from the, the death of Smoothie Winston, and and I kind of alluded to it. It's just been a rough eight months to a year with Howard Moore's um, tragedy and his family, and then this and um, Charles,
2: Charles Rogers on my side.
0: Yep, Charles Rogers, Roger Ar- Robert Archibald um, oh. at Illinois this past weekend, same weekend as, as Kobe. Um, it's difficult, but, you know, uh, I think it helps kind of everyone collectively just to air it out, talk about it, and, uh, you know, pay tribute to those people in, in the best way we can. So
2: I agree. Um, and, you know, I don't want to end it on that. So uh, I'll go ahead and wish uh, a happy birthday uh, to Tom Izzo, who turned we go. 65 today, uh, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of Big Ten coaches. For sure. Uh, you know, he's provided – You know, me and my family and my friends, a lot of joy in this 25 years as a head coach. I'm sure I can speak for all the Spartan nation about that. So, coach, I hope you're having a a great day. Hopefully, we can, you know, keep on winning and keep providing some more memories.
0: All right. Well said, H. We will get back with you next time. Appreciate you coming in and uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, thanks once again to Harold and Shane for joining the show. A couple of pros. um, We'll have Harold on again very soon, hopefully next week. And I'm sure we'll have Shane on again at some point in the future. Thanks as always to everyone for listening to the show. Thank you very much to my producer, Julie Bronder, and uh, another producer, Wes White, for always helping out, stitching the show together. Uh, One last reminder, if you have not done so already, please subscribe to the Take 10 Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or our YouTube channel. All right. We will talk to you soon here on the Take 10 Podcast. Hopefully next week. And until then, we'll talk to you next time.